Welcome to the Zero Darks Party Podcast. It is November 6th. I'm your co-host Tara, and I'm joined. And I'm Jason. November 6th, 2019, episode 4. We out here. We out here. We got a lot to talk about this week. Let's get right into it. Tara, what happened last night? So there was a Champions Classic event. The Champions Classic happened last night. Well, the first game was a pretty big snoozer. It wasn't a snoozer. It was just really surprising to see bad basketball. Real bad basketball from two, you know, blue bloods. Uh, it was Duke and Kansas. Uh, Duke won the game sixty-eight to sixty-six, but neither team looked particularly remarkable. No, very um, beatable. Very, very beatable. Yeah. I was a little concerned going in that Kansas was going to have a little bit of size returning, but they did not. Azubuki's um, a freaking monster, though. Azubuki is a monster, but he also turns it over. They had what, like eighteen? Yeah. They had twenty-six turnovers. Yeah, twenty-six or twenty-seven, I think. Oh. It was insane. I kind of was thinking that was a precursor to MSU because MSU usually has the <laughs> turnover bug, but yeah, well, um, and then we waited forever and ever, oh, and, and then ever. they did rankings, and, and then we do the college football rankings, which we're gonna get we're we'll gonna get to later. About, yes, I have some beef with it. Um, I don't, but we're gonna get to those a little bit later on. Yeah. Uh, and then finally at 9.59 p.m. last night. Very late for all very of us late. We have we to were, get up quite early for work. I had to be up at 5.45. It was a real pain in the ass. Yep. Um, 5.30 for me. I feel you. Oof. F. Um, 9.59, we finally had our tip off and the Michigan State Spartan basketball season Has begun. Begun. Yay. All right. So as you know, we lost to Kentucky by seven. Score of 69 to 62. Not so nice, but, you Not know. Not so nice, 69. But, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, we saw a lot of things in this game. Some good, some bad, I think. I I saw a lot more good than I think a lot of people are giving our team credit for. I agree with um, you. I've been, I've kind of had my finger on the pulse. I was I was on Twitter all night last night, and, uh... Some panic. There's some early season panic. Well, you remember, remember what I said going in, we're looking at this, and it's, we're looking at a situation where, oh, we're ranked number one, so people are going to panic when we... Mm-hmm happened to step up or stumble and, and we yeah. stumbled game one but i don't know if so much want to say that we stumbled there were just some things that weren't necessarily ideal right um going into the game um i want to kind of break it down segment by segment all right i'm here um, for it that first four minutes mm-hmm. was painful a lot of sloppy a lot of so. sloppy play now we we got the tip um, Cassius at the ball, brought it up, passed it to Rocket Watts. Rocket Watts had that beautiful pass in. Really nice assist. Real nice assist into Cassius, and that was probably one of the best plays of the night. Yeah, we started out with that play well, but then it kind of went downhill. Um, as you saw, there was a lot of fouls in the first half. I think they called 26 fouls in the first half. There were a lot of fouls, period. Yeah, I mean... and it was bad on both sides. I don't think you can point and say Michigan State got screwed or you know, vice versa. It was bad both ways. Mm. It, it was definitely a situation where um, it the refs were calling the offensive foul a lot. Very, Charge. very, very, very heavily. A charges. lot of charges. Yep. Um, they called a travel on Xavier at one point that looked real weird to me. They just really didn't like Xavier Tillman for they some reason. They did not like Tillman last night at all. And it really threw him off. I think mm-hmm. he had one of the worst games we've seen out of him since the Texas Tech game that one wasn't one of his shining moments either and it was pretty surprising it's you're used to Tillman being pretty consistent and that wasn't a good game from him but the refs definitely played a part in that I think they did um we're, we're gonna kind of break this down yeah um if you want to look at the one thing that maybe I think decided this game just a little bit uh Kentucky went to the line 32 times 
Well, yeah. They, they were very aggressive. They were driving to the basket, especially Maxie, mm-hmm. and they were calling it. Fair enough. You know, they were being the more aggressive team. They mm-hmm. got to the line more, and they were calling it, so I can't really fault them for that game plan. You can't blame them, but when no. you give up 25 to 32 on the charity strike, uh, you know, yeah. 25 points. Not a great recipe when you're not shooting 69. one. Yeah. Wasn't working out super great. Um, I think it was a really big thing, like I said again, in the first half, mm-hmm. especially. Um just mess with the whole rhythm when you're constantly stopping and starting and shooting a bunch of free throws really did uh having having aaron henry get into foul trouble early as early as he did yeah um i i think kind of disrupted our flow a little bit because then we brought in malik hall we Um, brought in a few different we brought in a few guys uh gabe brown the bench played a lot of minutes in the first half really did they played they outplayed the starters really Mm -hmm. um malik hall not a great showing there well a lot of he was he was called for the foul. Um, yeah. He had three fouls again. Also, very quickly in that first half, I my my big concern. I, I guess if I have to point out one thing, and mm-hmm. this is a more of a fundamental thing, and I know that this team is going to get better, so I kind of feel bad mentioning it. Right. Um, I'm noticing a lot of outstretched arms on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, now, arguably, I haven't played high, I haven't played basketball since high school, but my coach always told me if you're ever if you're ever trying to block, if you're ever playing defense. Your arms go up. Right. You don't want to reach in. You don't want to make it look like you're going anywhere near an arm or a hand or a reach in at all because you're going to get the whistle called on you every time. Um, and and with Malik especially, I don't mean to pick on him, um, but I feel like he was very reactive. Um, and if you watch his hands, he would go to forearms. Like, he would get beat and try and react to just it. Just a and freshman would, making a yeah. mistake. Just yeah. a freshman mistake. He's going to learn. He's going to be okay. Our freshman didn't have a great showing in this game. No. Well, no. No. Um... Yeah, we saw we saw a little bit of Malik there. Julius Marble was okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, he only played four minutes, but you know he got two rebounds. Serviceable. I mean, he did have a turnover and a foul, but I thought like the rebounding he he did show some good defensive ability in the post. Mm. Um, obviously, Nick Richards was back for this game. He yes. was questionable, and he's quite a load down there. So. He's a real problem down yeah. there. But I want to give a real big shout out to uh, Bingham. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bingham looked great last night. I was really impressed. He gave us a strong 17 minutes, um, a lot of it in the first half, as we saw. And he really kind of calmed the waters for the second unit to kind of mm-hmm. have some stability down low. He played real clean basketball, too. He didn't commit any yeah. fouls. Um, there were the two Which turnovers. Which is surprising, you know. considering how, how many people were in foul trouble in this game. He didn't have any fouls. Is and neither he, nor, neither he or Gabe Brown did. I thought Gabe Brown played very, very well, too. Um, the sh- was, the yeah. shooting wasn't quite there, but yeah, I and people are kind of worried about the shooting, and I'm I it's too early for me to really feel it's a concern. The jitters, I, I yeah. think, are were really there last night. I for... mean, Kevin Durant sitting courtside, and yeah. you've got John Wall watching. There, it's understandable to feel a little bit of nerves. I think it's and a you're big playing a game in the atmosphere, garden. and you're playing the Garden. I mean, the Garden is a big game atmosphere that there's a lot of pressure there. Um, and we saw that with Rocket Watts. I mean, I think this might be the only game he'll ever score zero points in, in his life. Yeah. That's the, not a typical Rocket Watts game. No. I mean, two assists, three turnovers, three fouls. That's a... He'll he'll bounce back. I, I think he's going to probably oh, have a real Oh, he'll big, absolutely bounce back. He's going to have a huge breakout performance against uh, Binghamton on Sunday. I think that'll be a good time for him to kind of lick his wounds a little bit and get mm. some revenge and show Spartan Nation what he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it kind of harkened me back to uh, Gary Harris mm-hmm. in his first game. Uh, he looked like a deer in the headlights. I think Izzo 
I remember Izzo saying. That's kind of where I saw Rocket Watts, is he just kind of was out of sorts in this game. Uh, Kentucky's defense had a part in that, though. They mm-hmm. did play really well, especially considering how many freshmen they have on their team. They really played good team defense, I thought. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, we saw a little bit of Lawyer. What did you think? I didn't really think anything. Yeah. He, I thought it just wasn't a strong showing. He played He played three minutes. They were very indifferent, and, and there was no real contribution in those three minutes. So are you worried about um, the backup point guard spot right now? No. No? Not yet. Um, okay. I, I think it was a struggle against this team, this mm-hmm. Kentucky the team. The length and the size. Yeah, and they're they're very, very, very good. And Maxie's very fast. Yes. And I think that was a concern with Lawyer. He he can't keep up with Maxie. Maxie no. would just blew right past him. No. And it was I actually thought the best matchup for Maxie was probably Aaron Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Henry's athletic enough to stay with him a bit, keep him in check. In a way. I don't know if you can ever quite keep a player like that when he was shooting the way he was in mm-hmm. check, but to kind of make him think twice, perhaps. But mm. kind of just go, and then kind of just going down the line here. Uh, yeah. Cassius Winston, the only um, one who scored in double digits. Definitely, you know, he's he still showed us why he is one of the best players in college basketball right now. The stat line wasn't his prettiest. I mean, the one of seven from three. That, and you're not going to see Cassius really go one for seven again, I don't think. No. It's a no. pretty rare occurrence, I would say. But uh, he was moving the ball as well as he could. Um, going 10-11 from the free throw line definitely helped his stats a bit. Yeah. 21, 21 points, four assists. Um, not his best showing, but he did play the best out of all of our guys. Um, he just didn't get a lot of help. I think you got to look at the stats that aren't necessarily there on the board either, though. Mm-hmm. That Like that four assist number... He distributed the ball well enough. We just we weren't scoring. we weren't hitting shots. We had a lot of open looks in this game that mm-hmm. didn't just, that just did didn't go, go down. Yeah, I I know Gabe Brown had quite a few that were kind of in and out. You know, it it we went five of twenty six from three, and a lot of those were open looks. And mm-hmm. some nights it's just not your night. No, nope, it's not. But I don't but think it's anything to panic too much about. I think one if you if you want to take away one thing from this game in a major way. If you take a look at Michigan State going 5 of 26 from 3, and if you take a look at Kentucky having 25 points come from the charity stripe, if you gave me those two stats and told me we would only lose by 7, mm-hmm. I'd be pretty happy. Yeah, and considering no other Spartans scored in double digits, I think you would take that. Yeah. Obviously, you'd like to see better numbers. You'd like to see better yes. shooting. but And we will. We're going to be okay. I'm... I think I was kind of missing Goins and McQuaid extra in this one just because they were so nice to have that kind of veteran leadership when you needed a basket. Um, but these guys are going to be fine. It is a pretty relatively young team with some of the pieces we're relying on. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be all right. It's a tough early season game. We have only had one real tune-up, which was an exhibition match, you mm-hmm. know. So I think they're just going to continue to get better. We have a lot of big games coming up that they'll be able to, you know, work on some stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Anything else from this one you want to talk about? Uh, if you just want to look at Kentucky, just some of the performances. Maxi off the bench, obviously. We mentioned I mean, 20, unreal. 26 points off the bench. Um, the the last shot, though, I just want to say, first off, I know this is probably bad to start with, but it sticks in my mind. It's I've been thinking about it all day. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Aaron Henry could have played that any better than he did. No. No, and, he, he played I that mean, well. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, you, you just have to live with it. Yeah. 
I mean, that shot can't, was... You can't foul him. You can't, yeah, give him you, th- can't. you can't give him three more on the strike. And if you go up closer to him, he might drive right past you. You know, it's just he kept enough space in between where he had help side defense mm-hmm. in case he did drive. But and I can, don't think he could have done it any he better. Can, he contested it well enough. I think he just the shot just fell. And he was hitting those from outer space mm-hmm. tonight. Um, but so. yeah, back seat, really impressive. Uh, also, want to give a shout out to Higgins and Quickly. Uh, Eleven points uh, for Higgins, ten for Quickly. Uh, they... Higgins was a good help side defender, helping out, yeah. making things really tough for Cash and the guys. Um, mm-hmm. Really good defender. Uh, Richards played twenty five minutes in this one. You know, I you know he's pretty. He's got size, obviously. He's got size. Um, but yeah. I did kind of notice Bingham bothered him a bit, which I obviously like to see, but. I do too. Um, I I think Bingham, like I said, he he bothered Richards down low. He looked really good. Cause I thought um, Bingham was gonna get destroyed by Richards. I was like, oh no, not Bingham. He's not ready. Mm-hmm. And Bingham's size really gave them problems. It made them think twice about getting in the paint, because obviously Bingham's got length for days. Mm-hmm. So you know, overall, I mean, it's hard to look at Kentucky and not think of Maxi right now. That guy is just unreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they definitely are probably going to move up to the number one spot, don't you think? Oh, yeah. No. I, I, can, I can totally foresee Michigan State falling to four or five. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. You know, this is... You want these early tests. Some mm-hmm. people don't like it, um, but I am a big fan of it. I think it's going to definitely benefit this team in the long run. You know, it is it is what it is. Sometimes mm-hmm. you drop them. At least in college basketball, it's a long season. And, you know, one game doesn't really define you or cost you anything right. too much uh last thing i want to shout out is is i want to give a little bit of respect to the kyle Arns fan club yes i was just about to say i gotta talk about kyle Arns before we're done here he takes the charge very well it was he was doing his matt mcquade impression taking charges uh he gave a lot of energy to the second unit i thought and you know he also hit that big three at the end mm-hmm. and it kind of gave us a little bit of a spark and you thought maybe we could get over the hump that was our problem the whole time is we just couldn't quite get over the hump and get over the deficit. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, Kyle Arns gave some really, really great minutes. Um, obviously, Bingham is big. You know, I thought there were some good things to take out of this game. Definitely. Um, and we'll we'll definitely have a lot more. But I'm... the worst is obviously the refs. I'm just so angry at them. But 26 fouls in that first half. That's uh, just... It was just... And I want to just say that... When you've got the number one versus number two matchup, you have a chance to really showcase the country college basketball. And for that ref show to happen in the first half, like, mm-hmm. what are they doing? And it wasn't even TV Ted. And then, of course, they call it differently in the second half. They kind of chilled out on the whistle. And what did we see? Flowing basketball. It was a fun second mm-hmm. half, I thought. They called fouls. Like, the fourth foul on Cassius, I thought, was complete BS. Yeah. It was really weak. He was going around a screen. I didn't see anything too egregious on that one. And to call it a fourth foul on a player like Cassius, you know, we don't want to see players like Maxi and Cassius in foul trouble. We want to be able to watch those guys. Mm-hmm. So calling ticky-tack shit just doesn't doesn't, doesn't do it for me. Uh, shout out to Darian Harris on Twitter who says that, uh, I, and I understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Uh, I saw a lot of tweets from him during the game just saying, the NBA is just more fun to watch, and and if, mm-hmm. and if games are going to continue, it's the to be, ball movement and the lack of just ref shows happening. If games are going to continue to be officiated like this, then absolutely, I can see, 
I can see where that argument makes sense, but I, I love Michigan State basketball probably more I than anything. I love them so much. So, and I, another couple notable things was just Wisconsin lost to St. Mary's, mm-hmm. and Nebraska lost. So, two losses for the Big Ten. Big Ten didn't really have a banner day. Michigan also kind of struggled a little bit at the end with App State. They came back, but App State went on a twenty-nine to three run in the second half. Yeah, that was a little, little interesting. I had my eyes peeled on the end of that game, but you know. Anyway, so the Big Ten is, you know, I don't know what to make of the Big Ten right now, but we'll kind of monitor as it as we go on. Yeah, like I said, it's game one. Yes. Of Thirty to thirty-five. Long season. Yeah. We're going to have some fun, though. We love basketball, so... We love basketball. We're, we're going to stick around. Hopefully, you stay with us, and uh, we're going to have a fun season. It's going to be a fun season. I'm going yeah. to the game on Sunday. Uh, yes, I'm gonna you watch are. I'm going to watch them hang a little loose. It's going to be a good time. Oh, they're, so. they're, you're going to have a really great time on Sunday. Oh, yeah. They're going to yeah. definitely have some fun with Binghamton. Yeah, Binghamton, not great, but, you know, the, if you look on StubHub, as of time of recording, there are some, like, upper bowl, kinda, you know, nosebleeds, but it's the browser. They're pretty cheap. Yeah. Six bucks. So get out there. Get out there. Coming out. Go come see Cassius Winston, man. He's yeah. worth the price of admission. Come, yeah, definitely. Come see one of the best players in college basketball. All right, so now to switch it up. Do we have to? <laughs> we kind of do. So we haven't discussed this on the pod, but it's pr- pretty much been talked ad nauseum on online and on podcasts and whatever. The Joe Bocci news. Um, we have to kind of talk about it a little bit. We don't have to harp on it but what was your kind of initial thoughts on that oh it was the worst halloween nightmare i could ever find or think yeah. of it was real real scary story um <laughs> a little spooky a little, a little spooky um i i think the initial reaction from a lot of people whenever you hear anybody doping right uh is to be surprised it's like what well, my player would never do this mm-hmm. um it was a mistake this or that, you know, making excuses mistake, this or that. i'm not i don't know joe bocce um right. i don't know I don't have a personal relationship with any of the players on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to theorize on something. Okay. Hear me out. This has been such a tumultuous and struggle of a time. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe has not had maybe the year that he's been looking to have. Yeah. Um, I mean, they all came back to do something special. And this season has not produced those results, that's for sure. Um, I, I hope that this isn't him doing this to maybe get that boost. Or, or, or something, you know. I, I hope it's not an act that he's doing something out of desperation. Yeah. Obviously, he's been playing for a number of years, and he's never had an issue with PEDs. Yeah. Um, but I, why I now? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I kind of want to just mention though that we don't really know what PED it was. We don't know if it's steroids. We don't know exactly what it is because there's not a lot of transparency at this moment. I don't know if we'll ever find out exactly what he tested for. It could have been some kind of medication. It could have been a supplement. We don't know. Um, he is appealing it, but I don't really see it going in his favor. There isn't a lot of optimism in the appeal. No. Um, when you when when Coach D'Antonio talked about it, there he wasn't... basically was like, "Thanks for the great career." Yeah, basically is what I took it. It as. was it was very similar. He's graduating. To the, it was very similar yeah. to the Bolo press conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it. It's hard to not harken back to that moment when we heard about weirdly, it right around Christmas. Weirdly identical. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And similar position there, you know? And maybe, can we get Kyler Ellsworth back? Probably not. So, who do you think kind of steps up here? Do you have any people in mind? Obviously, I think you got to look at Noah Harvey. Noah Harvey is about the only choice. I mean... There's also Tyreek Thompson, um, who could probably do it in emergency. Mm-hmm. 
spot. Um, I don't really know much about Noah Harvey other than, like, I think we saw him a little bit in the spring game. He looked okay, but... Mm. It's really one of those times where we wish that maybe Brandon Boyer Randall hadn't transferred. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough to have that that loss. Um, but anyway, so obviously tough, tough loss. I mean, he's a All-American linebacker, leader mm-hmm. of the defense. I think you have to kind of worry about who's going to step up next um, and kind of lead this team. I'm concerned that there's no leadership on that side of the ball now. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to stay around and coach, be a student coach is what I kind of heard some rumblings about um, while he's doing the appeal process. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe he is can... Is he allowed to be on the field? I'm not entirely sure, but I think he's allowed to coach in some kind of capacity, is what I saw anyways. I think it's while maybe the appeals process is happening. Mm-hmm. He's allowed to do that, but, you know, we'll see uh, how that goes. Uh, obviously, just look to Noah Harvey. And, uh, you know, maybe Noah Harvey looks really good and it's something to look forward to next year hopefully mm-hmm. all right so i kind of just wanted to briefly talk about illinois because uh that might be our opponent you know that's our opponent yeah uh lovey smith obviously looking great as always we talk about this every week i think oh, it's man. been like three straight weeks of Lo- us talking about how great lovey smith, lovey smith is my favorite homeless drifter ever he's so great uh, um you know yeah. the, he he almost won that super bowl with the bears he, he almost did. won that Super so Bowl. Close. And, and, and now he's in Illinois. It's just been a decline ever since. Now, now he's in, in Champaign. So, obviously, if you don't know, Illinois football hasn't had the most success as of late. No. Uh, their last conference title was in 2001. Pretty long ago. 18 years. 18 years ago. And then since 2000, they've appeared in only five bowl games. And their most recent appearance was in 2014 where they lost to Louisiana Tech in the Heart of Dallas Bowl. So, Lovey's kind of doing something interesting right now. He's got them 5-4. and four. He's winning. Um, They're one win away from a bowl game. So, that's pretty exciting. Something they haven't done since 2014. Mm-hmm. And uh, he mentioned in his press conference this week that they're kind of treating this as like a playoff game. They want to Smart. get this win and be bowl eligible. Because, you know, their last two games are Iowa and... Um, Northwestern. So they've got to win one of those two if they lose this week. Um, so Michigan State kind of does seem, you know, like well, a good Northwest- chance for them. I think Northwestern's probably the easier of the three to beat on paper. Know, Northwestern has a tendency to be really spooky sometimes. And it's a rivalry game. I mean, those are the, those are your two yeah. Illinois teams. So, so it's, uh, it's, I'm not feeling great about this game, if I'm being completely honest. No, no. Illinois has um, been playing really well. As of late, they've seemed to have a lot of confidence, and Michigan State's coming off a really brutal stretch of football. Yeah, um, Lovey Smith, obviously, he, his tenure as coach, he's up fourteen and thirty-one, but yeah, but five of those wins come this year. Yeah, and they're really looking like they're on the up and up. Obviously, yeah. the win over Wisconsin really helps. But yeah, they've got the. But win we over. can't forget that they did lose to EMU. Show some respect they did for the Eastern the Michigan Golden Eagles. Uh, I mean, they've got the win over over Wisconsin. They beat Purdue. Um, yeah, they're on a they're on a little bit of a winning streak lately. They've won three they straight. Are. You know, I think it all um, kind of seemed to start with the Michigan game. They kind of had a little bit of an emergence with the twenty five to nothing streak that they went on there in that game to kind of get back into it. And since then, they've been just really playing good football. Yeah. Um, I kind of briefly want to 
just talk about their defense. Um, it's been kind of an up and down season with their defense. They have been allowing like 31 points a game. Uh, one of their most notable players is Deli Harding. Uh, he was actually just named National Defensive Player of the Week. He had a really good week last yes. week. He's really impressive. Um, right now he's leading the Big Ten and ranks fourth in the nation in tackles per game with 11.8. So he's looking really solid right now. I think he's going to be a big problem for our offensive line. That's pretty maligned right now. Yeah, he's looking really good. Um, I, I love pro football focus, and they've got him ranked overall as the number 21 graded linebacker in the nation at this time. That's really good. Um, he's got a score of 78.5, which there are pros who don't have that score. Yeah. Um, and he's number 12 in the Power 5 entering the Michigan State game. That's That's damn good. Yeah, he's going to um, be an issue. He's going to be a problem for an offensive line that has not done well. Um, another notable thing is that um, Illinois has a tendency to strip balls while runners fight for extra yards. Does that sound familiar to you? Yes, very. <laughs> um, they're first in the nation in fumbles recovered, actually, with That's... 15. Mm-hmm. And Michigan State is tied for 64th in the nation in turnover margin with 13 possessions gained and 13 lost. So it's kind of looking like that's not my favorite matchup ever. And with Daryl Stewart out for X amount of games, whatever it is, I don't feel amazing about this. No. No. Let's talk about Illinois' offense. Um, they have a very, very good quarterback. He's pretty he, solid, yeah. He's a, you know one of the best transfer quarterbacks I've seen in, <laughs> in recent years. Uh, transferred from Michigan, weirdly enough. Not Weird. Too. Huh. Brandon Peters, step yeah. up. Uh, Brandon, he's at a, you know, look. The numbers decent aren't, clip. The numbers aren't, the numbers aren't sexy. No. Uh, he's, you know, 13 touchdowns before interceptions. That's nice. He's not turning the ball over. Um, he's only got 1,100 yards in change. Uh, his quarterback rating is only 31.1. That's, yeah, that's good not, for, that's good for 121st in the nation. Not great. Um, but he doesn't. He, he reminds me of a scuffed Alex Smith. <laughs> I can see that. He, <laughs> he very much manages the game. He's yeah, not good. He's a game manager. No. Um, the running backs, they go by committee. Yeah. Um, it's really just three guys that are the main ones. Uh, Reggie Corbin is a problem. He's rushed for 577 yards on the season with five touchdowns. He's very fast. Um, he's going to be an issue. Averaging five a carry as long as 66 yards. Uh, Dre Brown, Brown and Ravon Bonner uh, are going to wrap up the other two that they're going to primarily use. So they've had a lot of success on the ground is basically what this means. They've mm. they've had three really great running backs that they kind of switch in and out. And they're all pretty, pretty darn good. Mm. So stopping the run is going to be really important in this game. But we're good at doing that. So, and then when you look at the receiving core, they've had six receivers that have caught at least nine passes. That's pretty good. And leading the way is E. Matter Bebe, who has 25 receptions for 420 yards and seven touchdowns. Seven? Seven touchdowns. 420 yards, you say? Nice. Nice. Yeah, seven touchdowns, which is... uh, It leads their team by far. Their next closest is... You know, two touchdowns by Daniel Barker, who's had 12 receptions on the year. So, yeah. so definitely I think a big target for them. That's going to be where you see Josiah on the field, I think, for sure. Yeah. Um, We're going to need 
our secondary to step up for sure. We're going to have to play a safety under, I think, too. Um, that scares me because uh, I, I would like to see more. Oh, you know this. I'd like to see more press coverage from our defense. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to see a little bit more attack on the ball because, um, you know, we, we've been victim to death by a million cuts all year. Yep. Um, and if you don't press, you can't do that. But if you're dealing with a guy like this, who is clearly their leading receiver by far, you need to isolate him. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you want to hope not to use a man under on him, but you might have to. Right. But if you have to use a man under on him, that means you can't prep. It's it's a conundrum. so Right. And then you kind of look at our depth chart that kind of released earlier this week. And Jason, we're down two boys. Uh, Daryl Stewart and Matt Allen were left off, and they're not going to be available for the Illinois game. The Daryl Stewart loss is huge. Yeah, massive. I don't think we can talk enough about it, but Larice Nelson is going to step in his place. Uh, how do you see that going? Are you excited? Do you think it's a good choice? I think we need to get, uh, he needs to get time. Yeah. Um, he needs to play. He's been a little injured, um, but he's, he's definitely got the speed to be in the slot. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, but I, I mean, you can't really replace Daryl Stewart with anyone at this time, but no. he, he's, you can't replace his production, but I think Larice can kind of give teams something to think about with his speed. Um, and then Matt Allen is a big loss being the center of an already very, very tough, yeah. maligned offensive line. And they have co-starters this week for Matt Allen, sophomore Blake Buter, who played four games as a backup last season when Allen was injured, and freshman Nick Samak. Um, Samak can also play in two more games, which is pretty notable. So it kind of looks like it might be Buter, and maybe if it's a big blowout, they kind of throw in Samak and get him some time. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be really tough, um, especially when you think about their defense and this offensive line. It doesn't feel too great. Um, other notable things are because Stewart was injured on the kickoff return, they now have Barnett listed as the starter back there. Um, I'm kind of excited, but also a little nervous. I don't want him to get hurt. I do want to see more of our young guys playing. I think that's important for next season uh, to get some momentum for the year. And Barnett is an exciting player. He's got speed, and maybe he can make some plays happen. Maybe that gives our guys a spark. I think that's what we've been missing this season is a spark. We need something. Um, but, yeah, my message is just to play the young guys. Um Play him, please. Yeah, let him get out there. We need to, we really need to see those guys play. Um, so the line initially started at 13 and a half, but I think Jason just saw. It's moving further apart. Yeah. 15 and a half. 15 and a half. What is Vegas seeing? I have no idea. I was talking about this this last weekend when I was with um, Jack Ebling and Darian Harris. Shout out, Darian. We were like, 13 and a half? That's a very interesting line. It's generous. Yeah. I don't know if it's just the home field advantage there or if they know something. We don't know. But last week I thought Vegas knew something and we got smoked. So. I I think Vegas probably wants action on the game. Um, yeah. You look at that and I think it's easy for I you to I would bet the house on Illinois to cover that. Yeah. I'm about to take out a mortgage just to bet Illinois, um, especially mm -hmm. with the way they're playing. 
and, and depending who you look at, it's it's actually gone up to fourteen and a half now at Caesars. Um, yeah, I'm just not understanding that line at all. It feels like it should be like a six and a half, or they've got an over under forty five to forty five and a half. Man, hmm. I don't understand that at all. Okay. Um, Very interesting. Do they know Daryl Stewart's out? Do they know the Michigan State offense? They cannot score. Um, yeah, hopefully, do you know the weather this weekend? Is it supposed to be as miserable? I haven't looked, but it's probably going to be Probably going to be very cold. Cold and, and Disgusting. Annoying. I don't know about rain, but, you know, we don't necessarily need to wish for that anymore. No, I don't want any kind of weather yeah. <laughs> problems, because I'm going to be at this game, so I'd rather not get rained on. Yeah. I'm going to have to bundle up, I think. Yeah. All right, so the, the Big Ten standings, uh, this will kind of come in to play when we talk about the rankings for the college football playoff, but the Big Ten East is pretty much just the big two right now, Penn State and Ohio State. Yeah. Um, I and think they've st- got a matchup coming up. I think statistically, at this point in time, everybody else has been eliminated from contention. It's going to be mm-hmm. one of those two winning the East. Yeah. Um, because Michigan has the loss I don't see either one of State. them getting two losses Yeah. to make it interesting. Well, and even if they did, Michigan has the loss to Penn State already. Yeah. So. They have the tiebreaker. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it just feels like it's going to come down to that game. Uh, who do you kind of, do you have a prediction? Do you think who's going to pull up on top for the Big Ten East? Are you feeling? Yeah. I, I think it's got to be Ohio State. Yeah, they're I, I really so do. Um, they're, they're on a different level mm-hmm. than almost anybody. Justin Fields is just a different kind of quarterback than they've had. Yeah. He has it just the full package. He's so good. He's got a good he's got a good offense around him. And their defense um, has really defense improved from insane. last year. Yeah. So I I really envy them right now. And then the Big Ten West has gotten a little bit interesting. Uh Minnesota's eight and question mark. Do we need to talk to our kids about undefeated Minnesota? Let's talk about undefeated Minnesota here real quick. <laughs> Who have they played? <laughs> Who have they played? No, no, I'll tell you the answers. It's nobody impressive. Nobody. Um, if you look at their strength of schedule on the year, it isn't. Uh, they're seventy seventh. Yeah. You know they That's haven't really bad. They haven't really done anything important or impressive no. with their schedule at all. I'm not even sure what their best win um, would be. <laughs> I can't even tell you it. Minnesota, yeah, they're five known conference right now. I guess they're... Illinois, Purdue, Nebraska hasn't been very good. There isn't a great one there. Maryland, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty rough. There's not a good one on that schedule. I, I think Michigan State would go eight and zero on that. Schedule. Illinois is the only winning team. Can we petition Delaney to put us in the Big Ten West now? No. Freaking coward. No, we're not far. By no. the way, free Joey Hauser. Free Joey Hauser. Freaking cowards. Free Joey Hauser. Also, yeah, we forgot to mention free Joey Hauser. Free Joey Hauser. Um, Hashtag. His mom keeps liking my tweets about it, and it makes me really happy. <laughs> that being said, uh, Minnesota, they are undefeated, and PJ Fleck has done this before. But they're about to hit their their rough stretch soon. Yeah. Well. Penn but State. he got his deal. PJ got signed at the P- perfect time. PJ got the bag. He got the bag dropped. Yeah, PJ was my guy of the week. Because, sure. and his agent mostly. His agent getting that deal done before they lose a bunch of games at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Dropped the freaking bag. 
So. Yeah. So he he definitely got quite a deal. Uh, he's gonna start getting four point six million in twenty twenty. I don't see a scenario uh, where they don't win the Big Ten West. Minnesota. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I mean, they'd have to drop two games, and then even then, if they beat Wisconsin, they'd have the tiebreaker. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to see Minnesota in the championship game. Isn't that gonna be so? Well, it's gonna be so anticlimactic. But... Yeah. I don't. Ohio State will absolutely ruin them. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoever Ohio State would play would ruin them, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. So, Jason, this is your time to shine. I want you to go off about this. It's his time. All right. So, part of the reason that that basketball game last night started so late is because ESPN had to talk about the college football playoff rankings for what seemed like six years. Mm hmm. And for here, such a late tip, too. Such a late tip. And and here we go. Here's what we have for for the CFP rankings. Uh, initially, we have Ohio State mm-hmm. at number one. Yep. I don't disagree. Nope. We have LSU at number two. I don't disagree. Nope. We have Alabama at number three. Okay. I still don't disagree. I think the number four spot has got to be your, your contention. Let's talk about Penn State at number four. Okay. Why? They are undefeated? Well, no. Yes. They are undefeated. Yes. They but, are. But for now, they are but, undefeated for there's now. Pl- there's plenty of undefeated teams. Minnesota's undefeated. Yeah, but that strength of schedule, though. But you know who's undefeated and who hasn't lost since January of 2018? Clemson Tigers. Clemson Tigers. But what's their strength of schedule? Lost. It doesn't matter. I get it, but in that instance, they... I think the committee got it right for right now. This is a mid-season ranking. It hardly means anything. It just kind of shows what the committee's thinking about. You know what this is to me? Looking at these specific rankings, this is yeah. how can we set up ratings for TV? That's how what can it's we, always been. How That's we what can, college football has can, literally. How can been. we make the sexiest matchup? So this week we have our two and three match with the Alabama Alabama LSU game. Yeah. A week from now, depending on what happens here, of course, uh, I, I presume Ohio State will be all right, and I presume Penn State is going to beat Minnesota. You will have a one to possibly one in three, or, or maybe one in four, but I don't know. You're gonna you're gonna have that matchup where you're gonna have you know top four matchups, back to back weeks, mm-hmm. and and they want that for the ratings, and I get that, but give. Yeah. Clemson hasn't looked amazing this year. Give Clemson some respect, though. They haven't lost. No, they have not and lost. When, and when you're the defending champion and when you haven't lost in a year and a half, yeah. every team that's coming at you, I don't care if it's Wofford. I they'll don't be care. in if they're undefeated, in my opinion. Yeah. If they'll... they stay undefeated, they're going to get in because two of these teams in the top four are going to lose. It's going to sort itself out, I yes. think. But I see Penn State moving out. Ohio State will beat them, in my opinion, and Clemson will move in. That's just what's going to happen. But I want to make another argument here. Okay. Where's the respect for Baylor? The Baylor Bears. Yeah. They're not getting any respect. Why aren't they getting any respect? They are doing something that in the Big 12 has not been done. They're undefeated. Mm-hmm. They have defense. Shocking. They play defense in the Big 12. I don't believe it. I've seen it. You know, they don't win their games. They're not putting up, you know, tons and tons and tons of points. Um, but they, if you look at defensive efficiency, according to some statistics, mm-hmm. they have the 17th best defense in the country. They're just kind of flying under the radar. 
But then when you look at the, the rankings, Minnesota is 17th, and they're undefeated. But a lot of that has to do with the strength of schedule, wouldn't you say? I would, but and I, and I guess the argument is is that who has Baylor played so far, which is fine. But yeah, I I, I would really like to see. I, I don't like seeing two teams in the Big Ten and two mm. teams from the SEC. There's other good football being played in the other power conferences. But it's gonna sort itself out. I just hate these midseason rankings. I think they're so dumb. You know and how to, to do it before a basketball know, game. That you know I, you I know how to sort care. this out. Hmm. You sort it out by bumping the bumping this up to eight teams. You have yeah, to. Yeah, I would love to see it expanded. You but. have to. At this point, I, there's no reason a conference champion should not be going to the college football playoff. They'll they'll do it, though, when there's a really top team that's left out. Um, and, like, a couple teams that are left out. They'll, they'll start feeling the pressure mm-hmm. to expand. We've had that a few times already, haven't we? Yeah, but, like, if you leave out, like, a Clemson or, you know, Georgia or Penn State, you're going to get a lot of, a lot of fury coming down that's a lot of money there's not there's not a good maybe there's not a good way to put out these rankings right now yeah. and and maybe you do like i say you do have to expand it a little bit but yeah penn state should not be at number four i think it's fair for right now they're not gonna stay there in my opinion though it's kind of just like a nice job penn state enjoy your whooping you're about to get from ohio state that was a nice season cute cute stuff you're done now bye that's what i feel all right, so skipping ahead, Jason, it's your time. Your time to shine. It's my favorite time of the podcast. His favorite time. But we're going to take a brief break before we get there. We will be right back. See ya. And we're back. Hello. And as we mentioned, we are back with my favorite time of the podcast. The mailbag. It's time for our mailbag. Uh, we, we ask you guys your questions every week. And shout out to everyone that comes strong with the questions. We really appreciate it. We like hearing from you guys. We like having your input. And we like kind of knowing what you want to know from us. So let's start off off with our first question. Tara, do you want to lead? Yeah. So D-Rose season Piston fan asks, do you think we can improve the shooting? Do you mean the Pistons or do you mean the... No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) We're talking Pistons. It's a much longer question. Oh, boy. Who are the Pistons putting on the floor tonight? Oh. Um, do you think Michigan State can improve the shooting? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. Um, Next question. 100%. There's not a doubt about it in my mind. No. Not worried. Not yet, anyways. Not yet, anyway. Um, I... Cassius is a better... We've seen Cassius be a better shooter. He's not going to go seen, one for seven seen, very you've often. You've seen Tillman so. be a better shooter. You, you've you seen it, so yes. you know it can happen. Yes. Absolutely. And so. the young guys are going to just get better as time goes on. They will. All right. Next question. Next question comes in from Nick Foster. And Tara, this one's for you. Specifically for me. Thank you, Nick. Nick asks, if Kyle Arns were a TV character, who would he be and why? Okay, so this question kind of broke my brain for a minute. So I was going in all sorts of directions. But I wanted to pick a popular TV show that a lot of people have probably seen or watched or heard about. Mm -hmm. I went with Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And so your brain's kind of circling around with Game of Thrones. You're like, oh, where's she going with this? Is she thinking Jon Snow? Answer, no. no. I'm not thinking Jon Snow. Oh, Jon Snow's a bitch. Yeah, not Jon Snow. But I went in a different direction. I went with Davos because he's loyal and he's the only good person in that universe, just like Kyle Arns is the only good person in my universe. So. Kyle Arns is not the only good person in the universe. He is to me. Kyle Arns fan club showed up. 
though, last night. Y'all were going strong. Every time he did something good, I got, like, notifications like, your boy! He did so good! I'm like, yes. He is the best boy. So, yeah, I'm going with Davos because Davos is great and I love Davos. All right. Next question comes from Lucas Whitney, who, like, lives to try and break our podcast. Uh, this is this is why I love this segment, by the way. Lucas I, always brings it, though. I love I love asking questions about sports. Don't get me wrong, but there's one. Sometimes there's it's one, fun to have a little break. There's one thing I love more than sports. It's food. I um, love food. And if there's one thing I love more than food and sports, it's food that takes on like a social media craze. So just like what we're gonna get into. So have you had the Popeyes chicken sandwich? Yes. If yes, thoughts. If not, how long would you wait in line for one? In parentheses, it's not that good. Well, Lucas, I'm sorry that you think that that sandwich isn't that good because it's fantastic. Um, I have a lot of opinions on this, so here we go. Mm. Best fast food chicken, Popeyes. Don't come at me. I love I love their little spice they got going on. Um, you know, their mashed potatoes are better than KFC's. KFC is generally bullshit, if you ask okay. me. Okay. Um, they then, need to come for KFC's head in here. Jeez. Uh, I mean, that's the direct competitor. But then there's these scrubs out here that are always like, oh, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is um, so much better. Chick-fil-A has the best chicken I feel sandwich. Attacked. Chicken food. Let's talk about a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. It's great. It has pickles on it's it. It's fine. It's great. You know what? I love Chick-fil-A. I will not have this happen in I my would, household. I would much rather have like a BK original chicken sandwich than a Chick-fil-A so chicken sandwich. Offended. Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches are fine, but they're not anything to write home about. If you're going to get anything at Chick-fil-A... It's two things. It's the, it's the chicken strips, um, and of course the waffle fries with some Chick Fil A sauce. Gotta have the Chick Fil A. Gotta have the Chick Fil A sauce. Must have. Otherwise, if you haven't had Chick Fil A sauce, get to it. Fix otherwise, that immediately. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. So therefore, when Popeyes stepped up and said, "Yo, dog, we're making a chicken sandwich," I was like, "Oh, word! All right, we're doing this." Um, I didn't get it the first time around because I sold out in like three days, or whatever, and and people are insane. Um, yes. and, and I, Lucas, I actually replied to you on Twitter, um, and, and I went and got one and I, and I went and got it. Not so much right before we recorded the podcast. I actually got it for lunch while I was at work today. Um, and in short, it's a damn good chicken sandwich. But th- how long would you wait in line for one? Realistically? I waited 35 minutes for today. And I'm not... I wouldn't wait more than 20 minutes for anything food related. See, that chicken sandwich was so good. Especially fast food. It's $3. You it's spicy. It. I like that little spice they got going on. Um, I just, nope. I've never had it, so I can't really comment, but I do love Chick-fil-A, so that's that's my stance. Big Chick-fil-A guy here. Sorry that you hate what's good in life. Um, also, you know why it's better than Chick-fil-A. Um, as we all know, Popeye's is open on Sunday, so therefore Popeye's is my bae. Even though, you know, Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. Right. Thanks, Kanye, for that terrible joke. But then you just want it more on Sunday because you can't have it. So then it's a pretty good marketing technique if you think of it that way. No. Because I always want Chick-fil-A on Sundays and I can't have it. So then I want it even more. Okay. So next question is from Katrina. Love her. And she asks, why is Spartan Nation so damn fickle? Why is one loss a damn Armageddon? 
It is irritating. Hey, Spartan Go Nation. Off, queen. Spartan Nation that uh, thinks that this was the most catastrophic loss ever. Calm down, guys. Wrong. You're gonna be very disappointed if that's how you look at fandom constantly. If one any, loss is if gonna one break loss, you. If one loss is in Armageddon, um, I would like to invite you to watch the opening games of the 2017, 2016, 2014, 2012, and 2011 seasons. Yeah. Now we may not have lost all those, but I can guarantee you one thing: we didn't look great. I mean, last year we lost to Louisville. We lost to Louisville. Yeah, at Louisville. At Louisville. At Louisville. We still went to a Final Four. We did. You know, so we... a lot of the early season stuff doesn't really bother me too much. It's all about getting better at the end of the year. So if anyone is fickle, I think some of that is can be attributed to expectations. You know, there are high expectations this season. And just like kind of like we had in football, we expected a bounce back. And when that doesn't happen, I think it kind of creates a lot of, you know, a lot of hurt feelings, a lot of anger, frustration. Um, but I think most of the fan, the rational part of the fan base realizes that one loss isn't going to kill this basketball team and they're going to be fine. No. no we, we will absolutely be But keeping okay. you, Katrina, you're great, so. So. All right. Last question. Last question rolls in from Drunk Sparty. Drunk Sparty asks, should Coach D'Antonio stay if, the off season, if this offseason he hires a new offensive coordinator or has the damage caused by his stubbornness? been too much to overcome honestly i just don't see a situation where d'antonio stays and hires a new staff i just don't see it he didn't do it last year when we really wanted it and i don't see him caving to it i think he'd rather retire than hire a new staff especially at his age you know he's older he's had heart you know he had a heart attack i don't think he wants to coach that much longer why start all over like this would be a complete new rebuild if he were to stay on. And I just don't see it happening. Blow it up. Yeah. Blow it up. Don't I'm... be fickle. But a lot of our, a lot of the guys that we're kind of interested in are going to start being in consideration for other jobs. So, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much in the camp to blow it up at this point in time. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a few weeks ago. I like Salem, but the parts around Salem aren't the best, in my opinion. Um, I think we could probably use a new... Offensive line coach, wide receivers coach. Although I, I still don't understand why they moved Samuel. I think that will go down as one of the biggest what? Why did you do that? Samuel was fine, I thought. Terrence Samuel. But, you know, it. I just don't see any way that he stays and gets a new staff. He's just too old and stubborn also. I, I could see D'Antonio retiring and just being the AD afterwards, but even then I don't know if he wants to do that either. Mm-hmm. He might just want to go right off in the sunset. Both of his daughters are grown up. He might just kind of want to go enjoy life for a little while. Who knows? Tara, I have one more question. Do you? This one comes from Kyle Lisk at KyleJL71. Oh. Uh, Kyle asks, is Kyle Arns the best Kyle to ever play sports in MSU? Yes. Is there another Kyle you can think of that would top him? You know, I don't have it right in front of me right now. Um, this question. Nothing comes to mind. If we're talking K names, I think there's a strong argument because you got Kenny Goins, Kaylin Lucas, Kaylin Lucas. You've got you know, Kenny Wilkes. You've got some strong K names. Yeah, you definitely have some strong. So K I'm names. going with Kyle, my boy, my fan club, Kyle Arns, best Kyle in MSU history. Mark it down. 
I'll look it up. But I, I right now, I guess, at this point in time, I have to agree. If I have to issue a correction next week, I will come back to do so. But right now, I will agree that it's Kyle Ahrens. And we have one last question. This question comes in from TMB Cat. Uh, at Dolores Tom uh, asks, Why was Michigan State in such a rush in shooting the ball last night instead of sitting down and trying to make a play? Um, fundamental, and I think this goes back to if you've ever watched a Tom Izzo team, mm-hmm. one of the things that Tom Izzo likes to coach is the fast break. Yeah. Um, you, you, Break ball out, in transition. Ball yeah. in transition. You score quickly, Fast and you get guards. back on defense. Guard play. Um, he likes having guards that can shoot the ball on the break. And I think, and I think coming into this team, uh, this season, uh, the idea was that Cassius can shoot the ball. We know that Rocket can shoot the ball, even though it wasn't there last night. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to see a lot more of that. A lot of passing, a lot of flashy plays, and a lot of scoring. Um, the other thing I noticed too is, is with the foul trouble that we were in, especially as you got later into the didn't first, want to drive. later yeah. into the first half, you didn't want to slow down and let Kentucky get back to set their defense, mm-hmm. and you didn't want to drive and potentially draw a charge because they were blowing the whistle for it every time Ugh. you breathed on somebody. I'm so, still so angry at those two charges. The one especially that took away the basket from Bingham yeah. killed me. That was so bad. Yeah. So so. Why they were in such a rush? I, I think they were just, just trying, trying to play. Trying to catch them off guard, trying to make a play. Yeah, they were just trying. They were just trying to play Michigan State. I basketball. had more of a problem with the long two pointers that we were taking early in the shot clock. It just the shot selection at times was really. I think like he said was a little rushed. I think we could have passed it around and tried to, you know, look for the better shot. And some of that comes with the inexperience that we're playing. Mm-hmm. When you look at Rocket and Gabe Brown, I mean, Gabe Brown's had some time, but he's still relatively young and growing into his position and his spot in the team. One thing I want to ask you, um, just as as an aside, do you think the new three-point line is going to have a major impact? I'm so weirded out by that. Like, I don't really think it's going to do anything that much. What do you think? I don't know. It, well, for guys that... Isn't it supposed to help with ball movement? Supposedly, or supposedly, give more room. I don't know. Suppo- well, it creates a little bit, little bit less room on the. Uh, yeah, on um, the outside. On the perimeter, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it really. I don't know. It's just weird for for guys know. that have been playing college ball for three years. It might kind of throw people off. I would might, guess. Yeah. You know. Might have more three pointers that are on the line and other stuff. But you're also it's not quite an NBA three. No. Um, but it, it's, it's it didn't matter for Maxi. Not matter for him at all. He could have hit it from he twenty five feet. He could have shot that from downtown Indianapolis, and he still would have made it. Yeah, no, but uh, I I like the move to the IOC style um, mm-hmm. three point line. I think it'll keep the game a little interesting. Yeah, um, but maybe if they just stopped having ref shows, we would have more freedom of movement and all those other things that they want. Very much true. Don't you hate that freedom of movement? Like maybe stop calling tic tac fouls all the time. But yeah, fix yeah, your refs. Fix your refs. Free Joey Hauser. Free Joey Hauser. These are Hauser. my ser- public service announcements to end this podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please continue to listen, subscribe, listen to us. We have we're on Apple Podcasts. As we're on we said Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. You have a chance we're... to give us a rating, give us some feedback, let us know how we're doing. We're everywhere. I mean, if there's somewhere yeah. that we're not and you want us to be there. Uh, Let us know. Hit me up on Twitter, uh, at Zero Dark Jason. I will yes. try to make it happen. Um, 
I know. Continue to interact with us. Yeah, let me know what's going on, and and if you have any questions. We are happy to take any feedback. We're still pretty new at this and growing, so let us know. Absolutely. Love to hear from you. Last thing that I want to plug, speaking of loving to hear from people. Oh, yeah? um, If you head over to the anchor.fm forward slash zero darks party, we have enabled a new feature. Um, It allows you guys to leave your voice messages. Um, If you guys want to kind of react to anything that we say on the podcast or want to maybe give your opinions on something. Maybe do a post game. Ask a question. Do a quick hitter. You know. If we look really bad against Illinois, send us like an epic rant or something. Let me hear what you've got to say at at 5 p.m. on a Or if we win, maybe finally we can come on the pod after a win. Sure. And let's hear some good feelings on that. And then Sunday night if you, you know, after we blow up Binghamton and you want to say remark on... On that how might be well our Rocket first Watch one. is playing. Uh, you know, <laughs> we want to hear your input. We want to yes. hear you guys and, and kind of work you in a little bit. So yeah. check that out again. Anchor.fm forward slash Zero Dark Sparty. I will tweet that link out as well. You can find that at Zero Dark Jason. All right, let's have ourselves a week. Absolutely. Let's have a week. Let's go win. Uh, even though I'm not confident in the basket with the football team, let's go win. See ya. See ya. Thank you.